Well, I'll just say welcome to everyone who's on the line with us. Uh, my name is Mike Goosen. I want to welcome you to How to Build a Kick-Ass Remote Staff Team. Today, I am uh, uh, with, I have Sean Parikh with me, Ted Rosedale, and Sia Kao, all individuals who have some input and some idea about what it is to successfully integrate your on-site and offshore team together in a way that is uh, most successful. And so with that brief introduction, I'll let, uh, who would like to jump in and kind of approach this topic to begin with here? Ooh, 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 can I Go ahead, I see that hand. Okay, all right, thank you. So glad to, that you noticed me out of the crowd. That's very uh, encouraging. We're off to a great start. All right, right. so welcome everyone. And thank you for the introductions, Mike. Uh, Just delighted to be here with Sean, Ted, and of course you, Mike. Um, So the topic for today is integrating your offshore team with your onsite team, uh, something that uh, is uh, a very important topic, frankly. And so everyone's got some uh, good, valuable information that hopefully will be of some use to all our attendees who are watching uh, watching the program. Um, anyway, um, let's get right into it. Uh, I would like to start with everyone agrees um, with with Sean, and mainly because well, <laughs> we're we're talking about the chairman of. Uh, of integrity offshore staffing. So um, it just wouldn't make sense that we begin with anyone else other than the, 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 the man himself, the person who has seen it from both ends in terms of using an offshoring team, but also have seen over the decades what has worked, what hasn't worked. So why don't you uh, give us some uh, basic structure of what, if, if a firm is looking to either improve the way they integrate their offshore with their on-site team, or they're even, they don't have any offshore team, they're thinking about it. What, what kind of advice would you give them, Sean, based on your experience, please? So, uh, thank you, Sia. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Mike, for joining in today in our Friday happy hour again. <laughs> uh, well, uh, before Sia, I talk about, uh, you know, ways and means of kind of integrating one thing I I'm, I'm, I want to mention is it's 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 like one of those things you know uh, your strength is your weakness so it is the people who because of which it can really integrate and it is only that people because of which it might not integrate sometimes we have faced failures in in working with clients not that we have all success we had our fair fair share of failures too. One of the reasons we have failed is, is because the two teams have not been able to integrate. Mm-hmm. And the reason is people, which are at the core of <laughs> it. And, and the reason they would integrate, which is very important, is this people. So, uh, um, so uh, that's, in fact, I, I, I remember this funny incident. Uh, we had this client in, in, in New Jersey, Virginia. And uh, he has he started with us around uh, uh, four or five months. It it went. It, it was a very turbulent ride, very very turbulent ride. I mean, uh, she had a lady tax manager, and that lady tax manager always complained. You know, the offshore staff is not doing well. The processes are difficult, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So 
So she has all these complaints against us. Eventually, that owner partner, she, he was a really nice person. He told me, you know, I cannot handle this. I have my manager who works for me and she's not really happy. And, you know, I can't challenge her. At the end of the day, I can request, I can suggest. And he gave up. Three years later, I discovered that tax manager lady has opened up her practice and she has three offshore staff working with us. <laughs> That's the story. Wow. And what I later, and this is what I discovered from that lady itself. And what I further discovered, that gentleman who, who we lost as a client has closed his shop. He retired. So, so Sean, what do you think? Okay, so that's very interesting. That's a fascinating story, by the way. <laughs> so, what what do you think happened when when the gentleman had uh, his firm and it didn't work with him, and then his previous employee started his own business and it, it works in beautiful ways? Is was what I'm hearing. What was the contrast between these two? Well, one of the reasons when you sit on the owner sit on the owners as a partner's chair. Yeah. Your perspective changes. Sure. That is one difference for sure. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, you know, when this happened, I, I went back and talked with my ex-client who left us and told him that, you know, <laughs> you told me that this person is not comfortable with offshore staff and today she's our client. I cannot name wow. them, but yeah. Wow. And uh, uh, he sold firm, firm for different reasons. Of course, capacity, and and other competitive challenges was one right. and plus he wanted to retire so so yeah i mean the, the reason for selling him was i would not i would not go on and say that it was because of offshore staffing no it could be it could not be but uh, more, more more than that what was more funny <laughs> is is that same lady comes back and you know becomes our client and she has told me that anecdote. I did not remember even. Yeah. She told wow. me this. So, uh, when you the perspective could be when you sit on the chair of owners and partners, you understand the challenges. And that's what my point is. That yeah. as a firm, yeah. when you work, you know what the challenges are. Mm -hmm. Whether it is, you know, com competitive pressure, whether it is delivery, whether whether it is workload, sure. whether it is you know. Sure. So this is the challenges you go through. So. One of the things that when we implement, we tell to engage with the team and tell them that, you know, keep, give them that vision mm -hmm. that, so that they buy in, you know, that these yeah. are the challenges yeah. that we are facing today. Yes, exactly. That's a very, very good point. Uh, Buying is a good point. And uh, Ted, as you're listening to Sean share with us this, uh, this crazy story about how, what a small world we live in. Um, anything that, that comes up in your experience that you would like to share with our audience who are listening? Yeah, to expand on what Sean said, we've seen it firsthand. I mean, the biggest obstacle sometimes to making offshore staffing work could be the staff itself. Um, if there's any resistance to change in a practice, if there's resistance to changing their process, that's the that's the one pushback against offshore staffing, but that could be resolved. And the way that's typically resolved is with communication. So when I speak to a client or a prospect, the first thing I tell them, 
is basically this isn't going to work unless communication is the one thing that you prioritize because communicating to your onshore staff what our firm of the future is going to look like and where we're going and what work is going to be outsourced or brought offshore if you if you can communicate and delegate properly within your firm it's not going to be an issue you know it's all about communicating what the message is and what the vision is for a firm and what the what the whole purpose is in offshoring and that's what creates a happy firm letting your staff know your job's not in jeopardy nothing is cannibalizing what you're going to be doing this is going to enhance the firm we're going to be able to scale we're going to save money you know we're going to be able to be client facing speak to the clients today people in our office in india offshore they will handle all this back office work that's going to free up your time so uh it's a very positive thing and i think just to get back to what sean said let your staff know what the position on offshore is and where we're going with this are you are you daring to say that communication is yes. key beyond just what it's needed in a in a uh, the sanctity of a marriage because in most uh, marriage counseling communication is the key thing that comes up but you are suggesting that beyond that sia well look when, where else does it work really well uh, right. with the offshore it's, it's really marrying both uh, teams right the offshore and off, onshore team and communication again is the key link between the two is what you're saying, right? Correct. It's a collaborative effort and to make it work, you just have to be very open to communication. But Sean, you know, we've seen this. Uh, yep. the, only, the, the only times this relationship ever fails between an onshore office and an offshore is when the management doesn't know how to manage the staff um, or doesn't communicate to the people onshore, you know, what the relationship is. So yeah, it's completely yeah. communication. The responsibility is on both the sides. But yes, yep. the larger failures are from the onshore team. The reason is this. A firm needs to first engage and involve the team in this process and bring them on the same page, articulating them the vision. So when you articulate the vision, gives clarity that, you know, let us be real. They have job insecurity. Yeah. So yeah. when you clarify yeah. about the plan, vision, probably that insecurity will either mallow down or they will, you know, yeah. at least it will help, you know? Exactly. It's, the, it's the elephant in the room. Somebody needs to talk about it and who better than the partner, right? Yeah. So speaking of partners, uh, Mike, you're, a, you know, you're being in a profession, you're a CPA yourself, you've, you know, you've had, you've had your hands in this for quite some time, for decades now. Um, when you are thinking about both of these worlds, your offshore and your onshore team, right? Um, what have you experienced that you've seen that works well, other than what you've heard uh, Sean and Ted cover over here? Well, I think one thing that I would echo with uh, or support Ted in his conversation about communication is the one thing that leaders tend to forget is their intentions are secret. Um, I can be a greatest leader ever, but if I intend to do something and I don't communicate my intentions, then that leaves everything I do up to interpretation. And I assure you that most leaders are misinterpreted as to what they're doing because they don't explain their intentions. They might be the, have the best intentions for their staff. They want to save their staff anxiety. They want to reduce their staff's stress level. But if they don't communicate that and clarify their intentions, 
then the staff simply misinterprets everything and disaster befalls them. Exactly. The other thing to answer more specifically, see your question is that um, we do a lot of work onboarding new staff locally. I tell you, when I hire a new person, what do I do? I have their desk ready. I have their spot ready. We got like a sign when they come in, welcome to the firm. We got their cards on the desk. We've got supplies, computers humming. And we onboard them. And it's so critical that we onboard them in a way that they feel welcome. Well, you got to kind of do as best you can the same way when you onboard an offshore staff and get the local staff to do that. And that relationship, that first week of that onboarding, if you will, of the offshore staff and how they relate with the onboarding or the local leaders will have a huge impact both on the offshore's feeling about being a part of your firm and your firm accepting them as well. So if you have two different onboarding processes, and eh, not going to work. So I would encourage them to really think through, okay, I'm going to start this person with my firm next Tuesday. What am I going to do and how am I going to do it? And that onboarding is critical. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point, uh, Mike, because what you're really saying is that, look, what's good for your onshore team is good for your offshore team. Um, and so, the, so they're, they're no different. They're just located in some, you know, a different exactly. place. But they have the same needs. And those needs don't go away just because they're not physically in the same office with you. Uh, so that's a very, very valid point. You know, when I look at, um, you know, integrating offshore and onshore team together, it really boils down to the three C's for me. The three C's. The three C's are culture, communication, and collaboration. Right. Really, those are the three things that holds this piece together and allows the two to integrate very well. And out of the three culture, communication, and collaboration, which one do you think is the glue that holds it all together? Communication? Communication, exactly. Yeah. Um, without communication, you won't know anything about their culture or would be able to properly communicate what you understand. Uh, without communication, you won't be able to collaborate well. Yeah. Um, and, and when I think about these things, guys, I just think about, look, the number one enemy in any business, it doesn't matter, even if it's not an accounting firm, this is this this will apply to your clients, your business clients. If you're if you're watching, it's isolation. Isolation is the enemy of the business. Now that isolation could be with the partners, isolation could be with the onshore team, with each individuals, and I, isolation could be with your offshore team. Any type of isolation is the enemy of the business because what isolation does is that it kills communication, the very right. thing that all of us have have covered here. So, uh, so I wonder what your thoughts are on that, uh, Sean. What do you think about um, the uh, the three C's of culture, communication, and collaboration? Well, I would add uh, one more C to that, mm -hmm. which is change. Uh, mm -hmm. So basically, uh, what happens is sometimes uh, when you start offshoring or when you start expanding offshoring, mm -hmm. there is a little shock value associated with that. To, our, to your existing team. But if that is rightly communicated and that change management is handled correctly, because definitely there is an element of change in terms of how you communicate, how you collaborate, how you know you have been interacting with your clients, how you have been interacting internally. So this change management is very, very important because let's say if five team members were doing 20 tasks each, 
Now, three tasks from each of these team members is being done by one offshore team member or two offshore team members, right? Even though still other 16 tasks are being done, there is still a mindset which anyone, even I would have, if I would have been a staff member in an accounting firm, that my job is going away. Mm. I am being replaced. And what happens is, see, whenever, whether it's a business or individual gets that feeling of being replaced, there are two kinds of reaction. First is resist the change. Right. And second is embrace the change. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I recall a very famous example here, uh, not very long ago, but we used to tell, uh, you know, a Kodak moment. What a Kodak moment was, yeah. basically a memory or a savior. But today, what Kodak moment is called? An example of mm. how a film, a largest film company, two, three hundred years old, got disappeared because of the digital cameras and phones. Mm. One of the fundamental reasons that, you know, that they got extinct was that you know, they never embraced the change. Otherwise, they were posi positioned to take on Facebooks and Instagrams of the world. Yeah. They had, you know, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Yeah. They, they, were, they were actually thinking that by embracing this change, they were going to destroy their business instead of thinking that this change will only add value to their business and get them ready for the next level. Same applies to accounting firms, same applies to the team working there. So yeah, uh, yeah. if you if 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 you don't embrace change sooner or later, uh, market will kind of catch up and play its role if 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 you don't do that. That's yeah. that's the sad reality. But you have yeah. to accept and move. Yeah, the, uh, Sean, very very valid point. You know, change is is I don't know anyone who signs up for change that says, hey. I will love it if I can change from this nice, comfortable, predictable place I'm in to an unpredictable future where I have zero experience in and see where it goes. You know, one of my biggest complaints is I'm just going to confess right now, you know, it's just between the four of us, right? Or four plus a million who's watching, who knows? Um, you know, one of, my, one of my biggest complaints is that our growth stops post our education. What I mean is that we go through an educational process, we come out of it, and we go through the most amount of change, the most amount of change while we're in school. But all of a sudden, when we come out, we are so seeking. And by the way, the only other change that is motivating people to move forward is money. That's why people change jobs. It's not because you know they may make excuses for what they're you know they're unhappy and this and that, but it's only a few brave ones that actually stand up and say, you know what? I just don't enjoy what I do. I am making a lot of money, but I, I would rather make less money. And so why is this relevant is because offshore integrating offshoring and your onshoring team together. is not just a financial gain. It's not just for financial reasons. There's a human factor there that needs to be addressed. And everything that Sean, you mentioned, and Ted, you've covered, and Mike, you pointed out, points to the human factor. You know, that the, the one of the biggest things is culture, in my opinion, 
because you're dealing with a different culture. So you got to set your expect reset your expectations on both ends, and that requires communication, right? Um, so in terms of culture, what are some ideas, uh, Ted, that you could share with our uh, with our audience that um, that you think of in terms of cultural integration of the two? Right. Um, you know, it's as simple. It, it does intertwine with communication, but, you know, it's about forming a relationship with the people you work with. Um, yeah, they might be sitting thousands of miles away. Your office in India will be an extension of your team. Yeah. So you really have to get to know who you're working with um, because culturally, yeah, they're in a, they might be in a different time zone. They might have different holidays. Yeah. It's about getting to know the people you work with, whether you sit down the hall from them or across the world. So mm -hmm. You know, whether it's being on Skype or Zoom or via email, um, there's different ways to get to understand the people you work with and what works for them and what doesn't. And, you know, I don't like to generalize too much, but this is about forming a relationship with the extension of your team. And you have to get to know them and understand what they're all about and what drives them to be successful at work. And you're here to help them and they're here to help your firm. So that's what it's about, communication and getting to know your team. And relationship. Well, uh, yes, Sean, you wanted to go to that. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Uh, we have a client in Orlando, and uh, they are one of the largest outsourced accounting firm in Orlando with probably 50 people uh, team. Uh, there are about five or six people here in, in, in our office in India. And uh, uh, they shipped, uh, they got T-shirt. This was before pandemic. They got T-shirt made for that local team and then coffee mugs and, and some other goodies. They shipped all the way from Orlando to wow. India. I wow. told them, well, uh, the cost of shipping is much higher than the cost. Than the cost of, of <laughs> yeah. But no, it's yeah. not about the money. It's about yeah. what you said. It's, it's about the relationship uh, yeah. whom you're working with. Uh, you know, sense of belongingness that we are a part of the same team. We are working towards a common goal, which yep. is, you know, betterment of the business so yeah it's it's about it's about investing in people right um yeah. so mike when you think about all the times that you have taken the time to intentionally invest in people you work with whether it's spending time with them and explaining things whether if it's a formal training whether if it's um you know show, just being patient with them if nothing else right uh, mm -hmm. to give them the room for them to uh, gain their experience. Um, what have you seen? How has that, uh, what's been the, how has that been uh, coming to for fruition for you in your experience? I'm not exactly sure where you're headed with that particular question, Sia, but. Uh... Well, the thing is that, uh, what, what, let, me, let me make it a little bit more clear. What I'm saying is that when you invest in people, what do you get out of it? What have you been getting out of it? Doesn't matter, mm -hmm. offshore, onshore, wherever. From a leadership perspective, the yeah. what people are looking for from the, from their leaders and the way that they build trust with their team, be it local or distant, is the trust is built on compassion. Do you have compassion for those you lead? It's built on your competence. Are you a competent leader? 
Um, that doesn't mean you have to know everything. It just means that you have to be continually learning, like you said earlier. Once, just because you have a master's doesn't mean you have to stop learning. Um, CPAs, you know, we're learning. We have to do continued education constantly. Yeah. We're always yeah. learning yeah. new things, yeah. and that demonstrates increasing competency. So trust is built. And the last part of that is the integrity. Do you have integrity? Do you really do what you say? And so having integrity, compassion, and competence together will build trust locally and distant. And by sharing that and by revealing yourself to your, your team, wherever they may be, as best as you can, um, you're going to have an integrated workforce that's going to be all on the same page. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I interrupt, Mike? I'm going to ask you a very, very tough follow-up question. Are you ready for oh, it? Are you ready? I'm, Here it goes. Here it goes. Would that work in New Zealand? In <laughs> New Zealand? Yes. Of course. Would it work would. in New Zealand? Absolutely, because the, the, okay. Hold up. Here's another question. Would it work in Would it work in China? Sure, because the, I'm talking okay. about the basic factor of trust and leadership. Would it work in India? Anywhere. Absolutely. Anywhere. Anywhere. Apologies for for being. Uh, 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 a little bit facetious, but that's okay. The, 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 the point, you know, to answer your question in, you know, kind of a roundabout sort of way that the culture yeah. and the, and the integration and the success is really largely dependent upon the leader and how they treat and support people. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to be supportive. Yeah. You have to be, you have to have their back. And if they know you have their back, you're going to get results that are very high performance, no matter where they are. You know, I, I remember a story of a particular partner who had, who was having difficulty with their offshore team. And just by chance, uh, just looking at the, uh, his Facebook posts, I came across, and in a private group, uh, I came across a comment that he was making that I don't understand these people and why are they taking so many days off work? It seems like they're, they have a holiday every other day. And, um, and I just don't know why are they not working as hard. It's just the, the culture just seems like they don't have it. It was a very, very derogatory comment, right? And it was given in a quote unquote safe private group, but it exposed the attitude, the perspective of that partner. Right. Uh, even though they didn't quite express it that way out in public, but internally, if that is the way you view a another culture, another team, another there's different systems and processes in terms of there's different structure in the society in different parts of the world, and they will be different undoubtedly with what we have uh, here in the states. So, if if you're not able to somehow um, reconcile with that reality, then then we have bigger issues. And I, and you know what, with that particular individual, it was no surprise that we had issues, not with just the offshore team, but with the onshore Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that lack of integrity, which yeah. I'm sure shows at home as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any other, I want to go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Uh, any last comments, Sean, you want to go ahead and. Uh... Well, the comment last is, I mean, sometimes when you evolve, it happens that some people, you know, fall off that path of success or growth or 
sustainability. It happens. I mean, it's unfortunate, but even when we grow, uh, sometimes it happens that you lost people and you never wanted to lose them during your course or your, on your path. Uh, but people don't evolve. And the only, only way you can move forward is, is, is yeah, by getting away from them and, and you move yeah. forward. So that's an unfortunate thing. So, so we have seen results which where onshore staff team failed us. And mm -hmm. we have seen results where offshore staff team have been a dominating force and some of the onshore team, because they, they cannot change, they have to leave that firm. So this is what I want like, like to sum up in the, you know, in the end. Good, 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 good points, Sean. Thank you. Um, Ted, any uh, closing comments from you? Yeah, I, I, I guess I would end with, you know, um, you know, offshore staffing is a solution for a firm with the right mindset, mm -hmm. you know, and like, like, I think we've all touched on it just, you know, the management style of, of the leadership, they have to communicate what the plan is for the firm and they have to understand the culture of the, the offshore staff and how to effectively integrate them into their firm. And if you could communicate that this is a positive thing for your firm and you know, this is the work they're, that they're going to be handling specifically there. It's going to be a very positive benefit for a firm. It's going to help the firm grow and scale. It's going to, it's going to increase profitability. It's, it's a great solution when you could do it the right way. Yeah. If you put the effort into it, you will, yep. you'll see the results. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to make a few comments and I'll, I'll pass it over to you, Mike, for your closing arguments, as they say, right? Uh, my, my, just in closing, I think that, you know, uh, as we're talking, discussing these things, I just want to make sure I remind our audience that we'll dive deep into the areas of culture, communication, collaboration, generally speaking for your team as a whole, but also in terms of offshoring and a workshop format at our Accountable 2020 event coming November 12th and 13th. Um, you will see Sean there. You will see me there. You'll see a lot of the other uh, leaders of the industry going diving in deep into your operations and the business performance of your firm. So if any of this topic that we just covered today interests you and you want to go a little bit deeper into it, you'll get it. Uh, you'll get plenty of good information, practical tools and solutions that actually mm. can apply to your firm in the Accountable event at accountablefirms.com. That's all I have. Thank you for your attention. Mike, it's yours. Yo, thank you. Thank you for the reminder of that event coming up. And uh, just wanted to close out today, thanking everyone on the on the uh, podcast today. It's been great to have you. I'm sure we'll see you all again real soon. And um, uh, just a final thing, I just want to remind folks that, you know, today is a solemn day in our country. This is the day of September 11th. 19 years ago, our country had a terrible uh, situation where we were brutally attacked by a group of people who just didn't care about human life. And we remember those that were lost that day. And we remember, um, I guess we just remember those that were lost that day and, and, and just have this day as a solemn reminder that uh, life is precious and uh, there's more to life than having a great CPA firm. <laughs> so, so it's just, just, uh, just, just do well, stay healthy and be safe out there. And we'll uh, look forward to seeing you next time. I'll have a great I day. Take care, everyone. Thank you all for coming in. Thank you, everybody.